Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Connie. Today is Thursday, September 07th, 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. Starting with a weather check, we're bracing for a hot one in Riverside today with highs reaching 93.1 degrees and lows dipping to a cool 64.3. Now, on to the pressing stories of the day. First, we'll be delving into the ongoing maneuvers of the U.S. and its allies as they strategize to counter China's growing power in the semiconductor industry and supply chains. The geopolitics of technology is becoming increasingly critical, and we'll break down the latest developments for you. And finally, we'll be over the moon to report on UAE's own astronaut, Sultan Al-Nayadi's triumphant return to Earth following a historic mission aboard the International Space Station. Stay tuned to hear more about these global developments right here on Alex's News. We have a complex story developing on the global tech front and the push to counter China's influence. It touches on the semiconductor industry, American tech investments, and shifting worldwide supply chains. Our reporter Elias has been meticulously examining this issue, and he's gathered insights from a series of reports by Barron's and the South China Morning Post. Elias, tell us more about the current situation. Certainly, Connie. The escalating competition between the U.S. and China is having a ripple effect across various industries, but there's a particular focus on the semiconductor industry. Semiconductors are fundamental components in a wide array of products, from our daily smartphones to advanced spacecraft. It's essentially a tug-of-war. Whoever dominates the semiconductor industry is likely to hold the reins in the global tech race. And there have been some significant developments in this industry under the current U.S.-China tech tension, haven't there? Indeed, Connie. For instance, U.S. export controls have been imposed on Huawei and Semiconductor Manufacturing International Corp., two major Chinese tech conglomerates. Yet despite these measures, other Chinese companies such as Tsinghua Unigroup are not slowing down. They're seeking to expand their manufacturing and research capabilities in Southeast Asia with the aim of achieving semiconductor self-sufficiency. I see. And there's talk of next-generation memory chips, artificial intelligence processors. How does this fit into the bigger picture? That's right, Connie. China is exploring these avenues to lessen its dependence on foreign technologies. Creating these types of chips, particularly for AI processors, would be a significant stride. But it's not just about the semiconductor industry, is it? Barron's has highlighted supply chain diversification alongside the de-risking strategy by U.S. companies. Can you expand on that? Certainly. The U.S. is moving away from its dependence on China for supply. This is driven by various factors, including national security concerns and unpredictable factory shutdowns. There's a noticeable decrease in venture capital investment in Chinese startups, in fact, Figures from Barron's reveal it has dropped from $32.9 billion in 2021 to just $1.2 billion this year. Companies are exploring alternative sourcing countries such as Mexico, India, Thailand, and Vietnam. And Mexico specifically, what's its appeal? Mexico presents a few distinct advantages for U.S. companies. It offers low-cost labor, zero import tariffs compared to China, and an improved supply chain responsiveness due to its proximity to the U.S. 
As Barron's puts it, there seems to be an inevitable push to move away from China and diversify supply chains. What are the potential implications or consequences? The most immediate implication is a potential stimulation of economic growth in alternative sourcing countries. Furthermore, this shift away from China could create stronger, more resilient supply chains. It's a revolution, according to Barron's, but it's not a change that can happen overnight. This will require strategic investments and collaborations between the U.S., its allies, and partners. A very comprehensive analysis, Elias. It's clear that global tech dynamics and trade are being reimagined in the face of these challenges. Absolutely, Connie. It's a developing story with repercussions echoing on many industry levels and sectors. Thank you for this enlightening discussion, Elias. That concludes the first story of the day. Discussion of UAE astronaut Sultan Al-Nayadi's return to Earth from his historic six-month-long mission aboard the International Space Station is happening around the globe. This mission sets him in history as the first Arab astronaut to complete such a task. Grace, our news reporter who has been following the story closely, will provide all the stunning details. Grace? That's right, Connie. Sultan Al-Nayadi's mission was indeed monumental, highlighting the UAE's ambitious space exploration program. The astronaut has expressed his gratitude for the support he received during his mission and his eagerness to reunite with everyone again soon after landing. That's really remarkable, Grace. What reactions have we been seeing here on Earth? Well, from reports by the Gulf business, excitement seems to have reached fever pitch. UAE President Sheikh Mohammed rightfully praised Al-Nayadi's achievements and the team behind the space program. Meanwhile, the Mohammed bin Rashid Space Center is gearing up to announce Al-Nayadi's official return to the UAE. Besides the euphoria over Al-Nayadi's return, there's a lot going on in the background as well, right? Absolutely, Connie. According to The National, the UAE is putting a great deal of effort into Al-Nayadi's homecoming. This is evident in the vibrant celebratory decorations like the spacesuits and UAE flags adorning bridges in Abu Dhabi. But also of significance is the serious debate about whether a sea or land touchdown would be more suitable for his return, reflecting the considerable attention to detail. Sounds like a lot is happening there, Grace. How is Al-Nayadi currently doing after such a long mission in space? For a first-time long-term mission astronaut, he's doing impressively well. The Mohammed bin Rashid Space Center has reported that he remains in excellent health, ready for his next mission. Al-Nayadi is presently undergoing medical checkups in Houston, Texas, before heading back home for a hero's welcome as per the National. Could you tell our listeners more about the vehicle he used for his historic return? Sure, Connie. Al-Nayadi made his return in a SpaceX capsule, making this the UAE's second human spaceflight and the Arab world's first prolonged mission in space. This follows his spacewalk, another milestone as the first by an Arab astronaut. And what are the anticipated implications of this achievement? Connie, Al-Nayadi's successful mission not only positions the UAE prominently in the realm of space exploration, but also underscores their goal to reach Mars. With this, I believe we can expect more significant strides for them in the future. Thanks for the in-depth analysis, Grace. It's indeed a remarkable feat. Congratulations to Sultan Al-Nayadi and the entire UAE space team. That's all we have for now. 
Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4, GPT-3.5 Turbo, the 11 Labs Text-to-Speech API, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.